creatures and you sound yeah. like a freaking transformer. It was better for the interview. I saw, I felt more comfortable when you sounded like chipmunks. <laughs> oh man, are we going? Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> well, Mister right. Adam, thank you so much for for coming on, bud. Yeah, definitely. Sure, no problem. Uh, and for you guys that don't know, we have Adam on the phone, who is one of the owners of probably I, I'm going to say probably the biggest clothing company. <laughs> internationally uh eight man or is it eight man or eight man strong eight man well the technical name of the corporation is eight man but the brand is eight man strong okay so either either one is good either one works i'm pretty sure, sure if you just say eight man everyone on knows what you're talking about <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> that's what we're trying to get to so hopefully that's true well i think you guys are pretty much there yeah. i mean everyone in powerlifting and even people that aren't into sports know the brand yeah it's crazy i hear that more and more but you know if you know anything about us we're here in a warehouse in phoenix uh just grinding away printing shirts and mailing them out from here and so we don't get out there to see that a lot you know our our life or what our perspective has not changed much from the day we started We're, we're locked in here Sometimes seven days a week just doing our thing. So well, I got a buddy of mine, um, Andre Castro. I don't know if you. Oh see yeah. It. Yep. <laughs> it, I know he, the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, I swear, like most of his wardrobe is eight man, and then his entire garage gym has like your banners and everything like that. And then same with uh, my buddy Jen. She has a ton of your guys' stuff, and I, I still want to get your stuff, but. It's, you don't have any, huh? I, I, the only ones that I have are the DCS pack shirts that you made. Okay, okay. So, yeah, it's crazy. I'll get tagged in photos. I do our Instagram page, so I say I, but we'll get tagged in photos, <laughs> and it'll be a bed with 20, 30 shirts of ours laid out on it. You know, oh, yeah. people have so many shirts. We've had people. If I look at our client list that have spent multiple thousands of dollars on our, I'm like, how many shirts do we even have to spend that much on? I guess. <laughs> You must buy a couple of them at a time. I don't know. Well, it's, but, it's uh, not even, it's that's not even crazy just, to me. It's not even just the shirts. It's the hats and the shorts and everything. So there's probably people out there buying your whole freaking website. And if you're anything like Luigi, you change like five, six shirts a day. So there oh you my go. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, that guy, he's funny. No. He's here all day shipping now. So uh, he doesn't have time to change. He used to change and shower, I think, multiple times a day in Niagara Falls, but we don't let him do that here. He's got to work all day. So I was watching his. Uh, I was watching his uh, athlete interview on on the on the Raw page, yeah. and that, out of his whole interview, that's the one thing that I related to him the most is he takes three to four showers a day because he's bored. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do that anymore. I guess maybe what? he does at night. I don't know. <laughs> it's like the requirement. Hey, you can come work for us, but uh, don't shower three to four times a day. It's California. We got a drought. We're right there by her, you know, don't do that. They're in Phoenix. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm saying <laughs> we, California has a drought. That's why I'm angry about it. We, we improved. Since he's been here, we have improved our building. We redid the whole front entrance and the lobby. And immediately he's pushing for instead of two bathrooms, we should have one as be a shower, he says. He needs a shower. Oh, geez. Then, then we took over the building next to us, and we're starting to redo that one. And, of course, we should have a shower on that. So he's still pushing for a shower in the building somewhere, but we haven't done it. 
<laughs> just get him a giant walking shower, oh like the God. fanciest shower you can think of. Yeah, get, get him a one of those jacuzzi tubs and everything like that. Put a seat in there so he can sit and think about his thoughts. <laughs> he, he wants to deadlift in there, he said in that interview. I, I don't know. The last thing I need is a bunch of big muscled up dudes showering in our lobby every day. So. Oh, my God. Well, I got trying to, to avoid that. I got to compete with him at the Phoenix Europa last year, and it was really okay. cool. It was really cool meeting him for the first time because I'd, I'd followed him on Instagram for a while. I'm like, damn, that'd be cool to meet him. And then when I saw the roster, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, there, there he is. Yeah, he's a really – he's a cool kid. He's, he's the first athlete we ever worked with way back in the day. And so – No shit. You know – yeah, we, um, I didn't know, I'm 44 years old, so we started this in 2014, I guess I was maybe 40, right? Yeah. I had no idea what Instagram even was, am I, like, I had a Facebook like most old people, and that was it, <laughs> so my brother is more up to speed on technology, and even though he's four years younger than me, but he, he loves, like, Apple products, and he was on MySpace back in the day, and he's the one that got me on Facebook, so... He said, we got to start an Instagram. I'm like, what is an Instagram? So we started this Instagram, and then I started following powerlifters, and Luigi was one of the first powerlifters we somehow followed. I wrote wrote him on there, said, would you like us to send you some free shirts? He said, sure. We sent them out. He wore them, posted them, and we just took up a relationship at that point because he was so willing to help us, and we started sponsoring him first, and he's been with us pretty much since since day one. Wow. So That's insane. Yeah, it's been cool. It's cool. He moved out here maybe two years ago now and started doing all of our shipping. He's in charge of the whole shipping process and department. Um, so that's been nice because I used to do – so any, anyone that knows about our company or thought anything about us, it started out with just me and my brother here. We would print shirts all day, pack them in the car, take them to my house, and I'd ship at night. And we had maybe two or three designs, and it slowly grew and grew. But we maintained all the printing ourselves and all the shipping for the first two, two and a half years probably. So being able to – we added a couple of printers here in, in-house, which frees us up during the day. And then having Luigi as our full-time shipping manager freed me up from shipping all day, which business-wise helps a ton because it frees you up to do other things, grow the business or new ideas or new directions or whatever. But – Sometimes you don't realize that when you're in the grind every day, you think you can't afford to bring someone in or that's just the role you're used to doing all day. And you don't realize that by freeing yourself up from those type of tasks, it's going to grow your business even more or maybe expand what you're doing even better. So that's been great to have him here. Yeah, well, it's good to like have I that. Said, it's good to have that humble mentality still, especially with like how popular your brand has gotten. Like you still have like that. We're just starting out. Like we got to keep grinding on ourselves. And, like actually be more hands on. And I think that's actually really cool. That's actually probably the one thing that I've gravitated about your guys' brand while looking you guys up. I thought I thought was completely awesome. I like it. So here in the building, our print shop is in this main building in the back, and. We go back there, especially during this time of year when it's very busy. We're ramping up for our Black Friday sale, which is the only sale we do, and then Christmas season, obviously. I've been in the back, and so was my brother, printing all day. I enjoy that. I think better back there. It gives me – I don't want to say it's monotonous work, but you're kind of doing the same. I'm like pulling shirts out of the dryer, folding them, pulling them out of the dryer, folding them. It gets you almost in a meditative state where you really think more clearly about everything going on and you're seeing the process. So – I still like to do that every day. And then obviously with the sale that we had, you know, we'll do, geez, 
a month or more worth of sales in a two or three day period. So the shipping is overwhelming. So then we all come in starting on that black Friday, we came in and we all came in Saturday, Sunday, Monday as well and shipped with Luigi. There was four or five of us over there doing the shipping. So I apologize now if people got like the wrong size or the wrong shirt, the, that stuff happens because you have people that aren't used to shipping every day over their shipping, but we're trying to get your order out as fast as we can. Um, our big thing is same day shipping, at least leaving our facilities same day is what I mean. As long as your order's in by one o'clock, I think we can pretty much turn it and get it back out. So yeah, we try to maintain that even through the sale. That sounds yeah, being part, being part of the process every day and with your people, I think is important. At least for me, it helps with my mentality of writing the quotes or directing the branding or my brother, even who's in charge of all the video and the photography and that type of stuff. It keeps you attached to the daily process and to your, to your clients, I think. So you have to, you lose, if you lose, I guess, touch with those type of things as a business owner, especially in this business, I think it'd be, it'd be harmful in my opinion. Absolutely. I think you see that though. You see that in the industry. You see people that started small and they get bigger and bigger and they kind of, I don't know, they get um, attached to that celebrity or that, and they kind of lose, I guess, that blue collar work mentality that really built your brand or built your business. Well, you have to stay with that. I feel like when like some people like start a brand and they get so big to where the brand's almost selling itself, they like just kind of get lazier. They're just like, ah, oh, it'll, it'll sell itself. I don't really need to do much more. Yeah, I think that's yeah, probably human nature. I'll tell you because I went through that mar- that I was in the real estate market. I went through that 2008 crash and lost almost lost my entire business and really downsized. I think it scared me for life to where I never feel comfortable with this. I always feel like any month it's gonna like turn the other way. So I'm my brother. I'm probably too high strung around here, but I'm constantly in the grind. Like we got to keep grinding, grinding, grinding. I uh, I just have that to me now I think because of what I went through maybe I don't know maybe I've always been like that too I I don't really know (laughs) well that crash though that really is kind of like what that was like the main motivation right to like really get this brand going and off the ground yeah it's for me looking back because like they say hindsight is 2020 you know we grew up um, over here where our building is in West Phoenix and you know, most of my friends and my family, blue collar, hardworking people. Um, I grew up, you know, working from the time I was 15 all the way. I worked all the way through college, but I came out of college, kind of got myself attached to chasing the dollar. I want to be a business person and I'm wearing a suit every day and have a briefcase and I'm going to this commercial real estate company in North Scottsdale, which is a very nice area. And I think I lost kind of, um, I lost my roots a little bit as a person in that chase. So it was, it was hell to lose that business. I didn't really lose business. I still own the corporation technically and it still operates, but it's very small. And my, I really, um, I'm totally stepped away from it, but I lost myself in that business. So the crash really brought me, I think more back to who I am as a person. And I was there selling real estate and I enjoyed business and I enjoyed transaction with people. And I'm, doing commercial buildings and in this kind of different market than I am now, but really like the writing and the trying to reach people and inspire people in a small way to, to overcome something in their life or do better, be better is, is 
more addicting to me. It's more fulfilling too. When you get those emails from people that you don't even realize it when you're here, I'm just kind of writing things that for myself, especially early on, I'm almost writing to motivate myself or what I'm going through, um, introspective type writing. And then I put it out there and all of a sudden you get an email from someone that's going through something way worse than me, maybe some huge tragedy in their life or a health issue or something um, very difficult to get through. And somehow the brand or a quote or a shirt change their mentality or inspire their mindset. You get this message thanking you. And then, man, that feeling's way better than, than closing a real estate transaction. You know, once you kind of see that you're helping people's lives in some way. So I'm really glad that market crashed and I'm out of that business and not part of that. Cause I don't think it was really true to who I am. I think it was just, I don't know. You go to college, you come out, you have this vision of like, I'm going to make money and be successful. And I want a certain car and house and clothes and watch and whatever you're into. And you start achieving those things. If you put your mind to anything in this life, I think you can achieve it. So you achieve these things because you're set on it, but that doesn't fulfill you. It never makes you happy. You just need the next thing or the next better car. And it's this constant circle of unhappiness. And I'm just, you know, if that wouldn't have happened, I would never get out of that. I don't think it forced me to reevaluate everything and kind of go in a new direction. Yeah, it's like when you get done with college, you find your job, you get the job, and then, but this is more like after, like, fulfilling. Like, you feel good. Yes, yes. And then it's not like work. And then guess what? Because you're being fulfilled and it's not like work and you're really obsessed with the idea of motivating or changing lives or helping people in some way, which is really what I always tell people that even work here. That's what our business is. We're just inspiring people. It's not really the shirt. The shirt's a byproduct you get addicted to that. You want to do that more and you become successful. Like, you know, like I was in real estate, but it's, it's different. It's better. So there's my philosophical. <laughs> I like so that. That's, that's the philosophical portion of the, of the episode. Yeah. If you guys are waiting for <laughs> some daily, I... we need some daily motivation. Just look up Adam Fields <laughs> yeah. and watch, watch anything he's talked about. Cause it's pretty super much. motivating. But that's what I tell young people and anyone that would want to listen. And a lot of the young people don't want to listen. I didn't. I thought I had it figured out, you know, in my 20s or whatever. But and figure out what your purpose is. What I mean by purpose is what reaches you inside, what you're motivated by as a person in life. And then do that. And then everything else falls into place. The money or success or whatever will become secondary, secondary to you, you know, first off. But it'll be there anyway you'll be able to survive because you're doing something you love, you're passionate about, and people feel that and sense that when it's authentic. You know what I mean? Versus you're trying to sell them something. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely. And this is why so. you have purpose written on a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Thank uh, you. I think, I don't know. I read all those books. It was funny because I always read, I read A Purpose Driven Life, and there was one called The Answer, I want to say. I'm trying to remember what the, but all, when I was in business, when I was in real estate, you read all these motivational books, but they didn't really, you try to apply them to what you're doing, but if you're not emotionally engaged in your business and it doesn't move you spiritually a little bit, then those books really, they didn't apply, but now they do. Now they make sense to me, but at the time, I, you know, they didn't. So, 
getting getting wise with age. <laughs> All right. I have a I have a younger brother and he's 12 years younger than me and it's mind blowing oh. because I remember being his age and thinking I know what I'm doing and then now he's going through the same life things and I'm just like, dude, wait until you find all these little secrets, man. Yeah, you all. I feel like the, I, now that you're I'm older, I go. I probably now you recognize you probably don't know what the hell you're doing. Even still, I'm like I probably think I know, but I really don't know. I'll know at 55, like I'll look back and go, "Wow, you didn't know anything at 40, 45." Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like you when you hit that. Like I'm finally hitting that age where I'm like, "Wow, my parents were right." <laughs> trust me, I've been I've yeah, been running right. into that a lot lately. Yeah, it's crazy. And then by the time you figure it all out, it's like I always think of myself. I go probably between. I don't know what the end age is. It's just in my mind. Your your best years as far as if you're going to do something work-wise in life is probably 30-ish, 35-ish because the first five or ten years, you're just still trying to figure out the world, at least when you come out of college. And then maybe, I mean, I don't know. When am I tired and when am I done? 55, possibly 60. That's it. You maybe have 15, 20 years of really good, productive years if you're going to be you know, trying to do something like this or whatever your business is, you know, I guess some people, I mean, geez, you look at some of these people that are very passionate about what they do. You can still do it the 70 or 80 or you're 90 even, but that's rare. You know, I think your best yeah. years are I'm probably in the middle of them right now. I think about that. I think midlife crisis is a real thing. You know, you get like 40 ish and you go, geez, I'm like halfway done with my life. Have I done anything? Uh, that oh, I love no, to I've, do? I'm I, I've, I've witnessed two, midlife crisis not with me but with uh, my dad and my stepdad so my dad when he was like 45 he yeah. bought he bought a um, a motorcycle and then my stepdad had a perfectly good car it was completely paid off but he wanted a uh, 2005 Subaru WRX okay and I'm like so and they both had to put so much money into these things and it's like why what why are you doing this my same thing with my dad my dad my dad turned 53 all of a sudden i came i come to visit them and my dad has a bright yellow corvette oh jesus that, like, that is like the number one staple for midlife crisis i'm like crisis. why dad and he goes it's my dream car i was like but there he goes i'm like what and he's he's got like the rims all blacked out and oh he jesus. takes my mom on like speed drives and all this I'm living like, his life man i love it living his life hey this <laughs> It, it comes with it, a huge tell, price tag. <laughs> yeah, it does. I tell people, it's not a crisis, it's an awakening. You Literally, you go, whatever, 40, 50. I'm halfway done with my life. I, I, I wasted, I don't think I want to say I wasted, but you do all these things you didn't want to do. You're not driving the car that you want. Like You just go, like I'm going to do the things I want to do now. So you have more of an awakening, I guess, than a crisis. Maybe it looks like a crisis to everyone else, but but to you, them, it's like an awakening. Everyone thinks you're crazy. I'm gonna get that thing I've always wanted. It's like, hey, you're yeah. fifty. Why are you doing this? Don't question it, me. Man. <laughs> Let me live my life. I'm almost done. Yeah. So, like, I I would tell my kids start from the start doing what you want, not to the point where you're it's detrimental those around you are like you're just you're selfishly doing whatever you want but i mean find your passion hopefully it's some way helping people and then do that do that forever you'll feel like you know yeah. like you're not even working well i've noticed like as i'm getting older i'm like three away three years away from like my 30 okay uh, i know i know that's aging me i'm a, I'm a young buck but like, yeah, I'm, like I'm like getting to that point where even i'm like starting to think of myself like god like 
I like I'm like spending most of my twenties, you know, like discovering my voice, going to school, working, figuring out what yeah. I want to be as a person, meeting new friends, and all this stuff. And it's like I am now. All I can think about all the time is like I can't wait to see what happens at 35. Yeah. Well, there's probably you know I think there's a process to our lives, and there is some type of path that you're probably on that you don't recognize. Like I went through. I learned that whole business of real estate, which really helped me structurally set this up. Um, how to look at this thing as internally as processes, like who do we need where and what, like all that's in real estate. Um, we had a whole finance company, so I learned finance and I was trying to market buildings and all those things that I went through really helped to set this up. So I, I think, and plus that, like I said, that crash awakened me to something in myself, like I'm not doing what I love. And, and even the other thing was I was so even – had a ton of anxiety and stress in that business trying to keep it going like I like it's all on me to keep it going and in the end that market crash had really nothing to do with me individually so here I really wasn't even in control of my business in the end you're really not in control of many things in life except for maybe your own happiness so uh, even now I figure like the economy could collapse at any time in any segment and you could really lose what you built anyway. But if you were doing what you love all the time, then it really doesn't matter. There's really no regrets then in the end, if you do lose everything where that real estate, I regretted a lot of things, but it's cause I wasn't doing what I loved, but I had to go through that to get to this point in my life. You know, you're like building towards something or you're on some path that you don't recognize till later on that you had to go through those things to get to where you are. Have you ever read the book The Alchemist? You heard of that book? No, I, I've heard of it. I've uh, never read it though. The well, the book that I read recently was. Have you ever read Setting the Table? No. If you ever are interested in restaurant or hospitality, <laughs> I you laugh, but literally because it emphasizes on hospitality. But like hospitality is more than just here's your food. They do like describe hospitality as like it's different than service, where it's service is a dialogue, but hospitality is a monologue. And I've realized, you know, being in the restaurant industry, having to go, I, I you know, it's, I'm a comedian and it's really weird to think that like, okay. I, I used to be afraid of being in front of people. I was always shy until high school and I was the loudest kid. So I had the one who had to talk in front of the class all the time. Right. And then I went into as a busser and then a server. And the next thing I know, I had to talk in front of people every single day to get orders. And then I, the moment where I like figured out that I wanted to be a comedian was one table. I was a little more sarcastic and kind of a dick to and they laughed and next thing you know my tip was like really big and then i started doing that to tables and i realized that well if i'm just a little bit more sarcastic or a little more fun <laughs> if i if i'm just you know people don't think i'm being serious when i really am serious all of a sudden i noticed my tip was getting more and i was getting better sir i was giving better service and so i read that book and it opened my mind with just like basically just how to treat people in general yeah it's important but what was your book called again the alchemist um it's an older book and it if you know the guy's story that wrote it um he 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 kept like his publishers didn't want to publish it he had to he had to switch publishers and he had this belief in his book and it took like 20 years for it to all of a sudden it became the best seller after 20 years on the market or i forget how long the period was um i wish i had better knowledge of the exact history even though i do know the story and then finally like it became this number one international bestseller, but really the, the point of his book was, and he feels like he was divinely inspired to write it. And it's not even, it, it's, it's a non, it's a fiction book, but 
the guy in the book has to go through all of these steps and travel. The, he's, he's over in Egypt and going to the pyramids and, and he comes all the way back to where he's born from. But it, the whole the whole journey was necessary for him to recognize and appreciate and and get the most out of where he where he started from. He comes all the way back to where he started from the end of the book and then everything makes sense to him in his life. But without that journey all the way around, he would have never recognized his purpose. So... I don't know, this is a really interesting book, and I didn't read it till like, this year, but it made sense to me in my own life when I read it. I was like, wow, that's pretty true. Like, I'm all the way back on the old neighborhood where I was, where I grew up, at least that's where our business is located, and it's like, I, I went, tried to get away from this whole, and then you end up back here, and now you appreciate everything about it, so, I don't know. It's a pretty good book. You should check it out. Now... My question is: Does this book does it have does it have pictures? <laughs> no, no, I don't believe. I'm trying to remember now. Is there a pop-up version? Is that there I a pop-up get? version that I could There's get? Probably an audio audio book. You can just drive around. And listen I could to do it. audio. Yeah. Oh man, audio books. I, I like audio books. I, I listen to podcasts and audio books, yeah. and I've never like I I don't tell people I read audio. I listen to audio books. I'm like, I read right. that book. They're like, really? Where do you find time? I'm like, man, you just got to make time, bro. <laughs> What's in the back crazy of mind, is I heard you're... about the book on the Oprah Winfrey podcast, which is slightly embarrassing for me, but... Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. <laughs> Oprah? Wait, wait, okay. I didn't even know this. Oprah has a podcast? <laughs> I think it's called like Soup for the Soul or... I don't Dude, even know Oprah's going to take over the fucking world. Let's Oprah be real. has taken over the world. What are you talking like, about? It's pretty good. It's like a 20-minute podcast. She has all these... Like her show used to be on TV. I'd watch them. My mother would watch, I guess. I don't even know when the show was on TV, but... She'll have like a guest on for 20. What happened was Tom Brady was on. I saw Tom Brady was on one of her podcasts. So I went to her podcast just to listen to an interview with him because I figured it'd be more of a in-depth life interview versus a sports interview. Mm -hmm. And then after him, I found this other, the Alchemist guys pod. So I listened to that. I've only listened to like two Oprah podcasts. Not like I'm a fan listening every week, but Same, you know, and then I was the like, book this... club, I'm not going to judge you. Adam. It's okay. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I mean, you might be after this, after this book. I'm like, God, that was a good recommendation. What else does Oprah have for me? All right, that's what I'm saying. So I listened to this guy and I was like, this guy's awesome. I want to read this guy's book. And so only because it inspired me in my business when I listened to him, because of his journey to get that, he just believed in that book, even though people were telling him no the whole time for years and years. He's like, he believed in it. And part of his part of his thing, and I use it in my business and I use it in my writings now to people because I know people want to quit sometimes in their lives. His thing was right when you're closest to reaching your ultimate purpose from the universe, the universe is going to give you the ultimate test to see if you really want what you're, you know what I mean? You're going to. Right at the end, when you think you're about to get everything you've ever wanted, you're going to all of a sudden feel like you're not going to get anything. The universe tests you to see if you're worthy and you really, you're really worthy of getting what you say you want. And then if you make it through that. So it's like right at the end when you're like, oh, I'm like, gonna, like I've been trying for years and years and years and nothing's happened. I'm going to give up is the point where you cannot give up. That's like right when it's about to happen. So I feel like that now. Like every time things get rough or I'm like, think like, I feel like we're about to turn another corner and then it doesn't happen. I just say like, you have to maintain faith. You have to keep going. Cause it's gonna, this could be the breaking point of everything. So that's like the most, that's, common, that's like the most common thing I always hear about. Like when I listen to people interviews, like athletes, um, uh, you know, actors, comedians, even, even powerlifters, you know, you hit that point where you're like, man, 
I'm not going to do it. It's It's been too long. I, I should really focus on doing something that's more productive or do something else. And then that's when it's like, boom, you get that offer or you get that, that message and or you, you do something where else. And it's like, wow, 15, 20 years of, of effort finally paid off. Yeah. And I'm telling you, everyone, even the, even the most loyal fans of yours or friends or family, at some point in your journey are going to be like doubtful probably unless you have the rare one person in your life that believes you no matter what but most people are going to be like you know maybe you should take a different avenue now or like try something like everyone's going to try to talk you out of it at some point and you just if you believe then you just have to block that all out and just keep your head down and go well that's like that's like my family thought i was insane when i said i wanted to try getting into powerlifting they're like, yeah, they, they, they were just like, they, they automatically thought the worst. They're like, oh, you're going to break something. You're going to, you know, you're going to hurt your back. You're going to hurt your knees The you know, basically the typical shit. But, right. and then, you know, now they see that I'm actually doing well in it and they're like, oh, we, we've been behind you the whole time. And I'm like, yeah, in, right. in the back of my mind, I'm just like, yeah, no, you but you, you, you really haven't, <laughs> but okay. No, the, honestly, the only person that has been with me like right there for probably the last three meat preps that I've had has been my fiance. Yeah. So it's well, like, good. Yeah, she's That's the one why that, she's your fiance, right? Yeah, That's right. Good. Exactly. Perfect. So it's like, she makes my food. She makes sure that I have everything that I need for, she brings a whole freaking cooler to every single one of my meats. And she's like, all right, you got this much time before your next lift, eat something. She's totally team mom. Like during the, we were at the San Diego fit expo and I was filming Nick and we were there watching him. And like in between like the flights, like she was like doing homework and then she would be like, Oh, like look at her watch, get up, bring him his sour patch kids. Did it all the prep and everything. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> the sour patch kids. Oh classic. yeah. Dude, the, the sour patch kids are life. But <laughs> only powerlifters know that. Pretty much, like <laughs> I, I, I didn't know what sour patch. I, I knew what they were, but I didn't know how <laughs> intense they were until I went to Nick's first meet. Oh, you don't even know. And all of a sudden, this <laughs> giant like pound bag of sour patch. Yeah. I'm like, why do you got so much candy? He goes, dude, I need this. And now I'm like, fuck yeah, sour patch kids. <laughs> I, we I have swear, a big so, bag in our gym here. It's the same. Everyone, everyone knows. Like sour patch kids should just sponsor powerlifters. I don't think they even realize that everyone in powerlifting is eating that. You know what I mean? I think it's an untapped market for them. Pretty much, yeah. Like honestly, someone needs to let them know. <laughs> oh my god, you should make a Sour Patch Kid eight man shirt. It's already been done by a uh, Deadlift Hell on Dead. Dang it! it. That, that design's already there been done. I was gonna say it can be like first there's something like first yeah. there's sour, then they're sweet, but then like make it but powerlifting. Did, did you see the? I really like the most recent design that you guys did for uh, Dia de los Muertos. Oh, yeah. That yeah. one was really cool. It's it's like a sugar skull, but it's the A-Man logo. Oh, that's cool. It was it That came one went crazy. People Dude, went crazy for that You shirt. guys sold out within like a day. We sold out within a day, I think four or five prints in a row. Yeah. So it's like that. But it's it also. Was... I'm sorry. Go ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, But it's like, like I said, you got so many people that are on top of it. like I I've seen some people that just watch your guys's feed as far as like your Instagram page and they're like all right when are they going to come out with something new like, yeah <laughs> that's um, what I tell my brother I go man cuz you got two things going on in the business one is you're trying to get new people yeah but the other thing is you have all these current people that love your stuff that buy it so you have to have new designs and product you know what I mean right it's two marketing sides you have going all the time no absolutely like um 
I, I was going to say something. I lost my train of thought altogether. My, my, <laughs> other, my, my favorite question to ask people who start up companies, and this is like for me with starting like our podcast and coming up with the name and stuff like that, the name is where I'm always the most interested. Where did you come up with the name 8-Man Strong? My brother is the one that wrote that one down. Um, so early on, our mentality. We used to work out in here every day um, together. It's just two of us. He's always had this little print shop here. He has done. He's done business for like eighteen years here in the valley, printing shirts for like your podcast for gyms, for landscape companies, for construction companies. So we always had that set up. But we were in here lifting weights. We had a little gym in the front of his building where he operated, and we were talking about our own clothing brand. And my mentality at that time was, we need to like really promote toughness in men because you know it's about guys at the point at that point we need to promote toughness in men like we're mentally weak and emotionally weak now compared to at least how we were 50 100 years ago no absolutely and there's probably some parts of us that are better for that as men i'm i'm probably more uh understanding and caring and emotionally attached to my children than maybe my grandfather was with his i mean there is some growth we've done but we've oh, sorry my phone is uh someone's beeping in here but um we've also lost a little bit of our toughness as people and the ability to push through and and overcome and we just kind of give up and we you know have our safe space and cry instead of like fight kind of sometimes so that was a mentality and so i go dude we got to get back to what we used to be so we started talking about all these names for a brand and I think that Ape Man came about because my brother, he's more artistic than me. It was almost like caveman mentality, like you're still part primate, but you're you're a man. So like ape like combining the two things into into one like person, ape man, and that's I think where he came up with that name. But that name I think that name's a lot of our success because if you wear the shirt around even though people don't know about all the meanings behind our shirts and the meanings behind the brand, they just see the name eight man strong on the eight face. And they automatically ask me wherever I am, what's that eight man? What does that mean? What is that shirt? Like people are drawn to the name and the logo. So that's all my brother's doing, not mine, but I think that's been very helpful in, in what we're doing. And then you obviously put the branding or the mentality behind the logo and the name. And that's really been the, the key to everything. Are you guys still there? Yeah, yeah we'll no, see here. <laughs> okay, I was like, did I lose you guys? No, 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 no we're still really listening. I'm like writing notes down. I'm like, all right, um, you know, <laughs> how to not be a bitch. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so being part of a man. Yeah. <laughs> I have a. Yeah, I have, I have a joke that I started doing on stage um, that I wrote, and it's about uh, understanding millennials, like the like these kids. Because mm-hmm. where I work, as I work with a lot of younger kids, like 20, 18, 21, like young and young, and their mentality right. of like success is like, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put this song on SoundCloud, get a bunch of tattoos, and I'll be famous. And it's like, uh, what? <laughs> That's not gonna happen, right? Like my cousin, my cousin got fully tatted, like face and everything, and he's trying to be a rapper on SoundCloud. Wow! I oh my god, Adam, I cringe. I I looked at him and I'm like, I showed Nick. I I want to find him and backhand him. Oh man, <laughs> he he sends me uh, like like links to his sound. He's like, check out my new sound, and I'm like, dude, it's, no one gives a shit. I'm like, dude, this this is it sounds like every other song. He goes, that's what everyone else is doing. I was like, that's your problem. You got to be original. 
and he's just like he has on his knuckles lost soul and i'm like bro you're 19 you haven't lost your virginity yet what do you mean lost soul <laughs> The oh. tattoos now, I don't, I mean, being, like I said, I'm in my 40s, so I have zero tattoos. I've never, like, that was, that all came about after my time as a as a youth and a 20-year-old. But that's the crazy, we get these people putting eight-man tattoos on themselves, and I'm always blown away. They write me for permission, and I'm like, are you sure you want to put eight-man on yourself forever? I don't get Permission? Hi, <laughs> I'm, I'm so-and-so. Can I get your logo tattooed on me? No, I, yeah. well, one time you should just respond back and be like, yeah, if you do that, I own you. Yeah. yeah, right. I'm always blown away. I go, I can't even imagine getting a tattoo from me, and then you want to put eight man on you, and then it just, um, it's funny because I get, I don't want to say stress, but then it's like, man, I better keep this brand relevant and helpful to people, and 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 in the same realm we've been in because now people have it tattooed on themselves, almost like a responsibility as a company to maintain what you're doing. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't absolutely. want yeah. you don't want someone to be like, hey, eight man, what's that? Uh, you know, it's a company that was around like a couple years ago, not anymore. Right. Or it became super lame and now they're like, <laughs> Oh man, I got eight man tattoos. But so. I, I don't I feel like that's not gonna happen anytime soon. Just because of ha- like all the guys that you have on your roster, like Luigi, uh, Ryan Bader, JP, you know, all yeah. like, some pretty big names. Like and actually I wanted to know, like, how did you guys get into or you guys started with MMA, right? And then you moved into powerlifting? No, we started in powerlifting. Oh, you started exclusively powerlifting. Okay. Yeah. So we were exclusively powerlifting um, for the first couple of years. And then we went on Mark Bell's podcast. And I'm trying to think what year that was. Maybe 2016. I'm trying to think when he had us on there. And after that podcast, I noticed that if you know anything about MMA, I noticed that a fighter in UFC named Tom Lawler, filthy Tom Lawler, was following us and liked a couple of our photos. He had heard us on that podcast, I guess, and started following us. So I wrote him because I'm a huge MMA fan. I've been watching MMA. Well, I was in college when it first started, when the UFC 1 happened. So I've been watching it for years and years, really a big fan. I noticed this guy was following us. It was a current fighter in the UFC. And so I wrote him and I said, hey, can I send you some apparel? And he said, absolutely, like, send me whatever you want. It's awesome. So I sent him a bunch of our stuff, struck up a friendship with him, um, just over, like, direct message and text. And I kept talking to him about coming out. He's in Las Vegas. We're in Phoenix. It's about a four- or five-hour drive. I kept talking to him about coming up there to train. I wanted to do a training session. I've never trained MMA at all. I was always just weightlifting. It's super but I fun, wanted to, by the way. Like, yeah, I was like, I want to <laughs> learn. And in my head, I'm like, oh, I'll take a training session and learn a bunch of stuff, which – couldn't be further from the truth because it's super hard. Everything about it is technical and hard. But I said, I want to come to a training session with you in Vegas. And so he goes, you know, you're in Phoenix. I said, yeah. He goes, do you know CB Doll away? I go, for sure. He's a, he's a ASU, former ASU wrestler. He's also in the UFC. Um, I said, I know him. He goes, he's a friend of mine. I'll set you up with the training session with CB. So I go, oh I go, all right, cool. So I tell my brother, hey, we're going to train. We're going to get a private training session with CB Dalloway. And my brother's like, all right, that sounds, you know, good. But we're kind of, I'm kind of like nervous. I'm like, what is a private session with a professional fighter going to be like, right? So CB um, texts me and gives me his address. He's got a private gym downtown. It's just like a maybe a 1,000 square feet facility that's just for private training sessions. So 
I'm like, all right, we're going to go down. I told my brother, let's go down on Saturday, and we're going to train with this guy. So we show up there, and sure as hell, it's Steve Dalloway, this UFC fighter, and me and him and my brother in a gym by ourselves, and he's like teaching us how to punch on the bag. And it turns out we know nothing about fighting. <laughs> like, I don't know how to throw a punch. It's funny because as a man, you think you're tough, right? Oh, I'll fight anybody, but you don't know anything about fighting unless you train like these guys. Like you don't even know how to throw a punch properly, anything about it. So we did this session with him for maybe he tied us out. We were doing like punching the bag, like a jab, a straight, right, you know, an overhand, all these different punches. And for maybe 45 minutes and being a powerlifting training trainer at that point is what I used to do. Train and powerlifting. Obviously you have no cardio. You're, you're out of breath after five seconds. So after 45 minutes, he goes, okay, let's do some live go. He called it live goes now. And I'm like, what the hell? So it's, it's <laughs> oh me. God. It's like, this guy's a college wrestler before he's even an MMA fighter. And I've never done any fighting. And he's just like, all right, let's just start fighting. Like, it's just me against him on the mats. Right. And I'm like, what the, so he just destroys us. Right. It takes you down, chokes you out in like two seconds over and over <laughs> again. It was super humbling. And, embarrassing a little bit but we struck up a, a friendship then with him after that training session and he obviously trains at power mma which is ryan bader's gym where ryan bader trains and it just so happened to coincide with ryan bader leaving the ufc and going to bellator like the same time frame that we started being friends with these guys well anyone that knows anything about mma and probably maybe some of your listeners don't Right now, that Reebok has an exclusive contract with the UFC. So guys like C.B. Dalloway or Tom Lawler that were there, they can't wear eight-man anytime during anything UFC-related. Not to a weigh-in, not to a press conference, definitely not into the ring or the cage, I'm sorry. Um, but Ryan Bader going to Bellator can wear whatever he wants. He can have sponsors outside of, you know, um, huh. Reebok. Yeah, that happened a couple of years ago, and there was a lot of issues where uh, mm -hmm. fighters left the UFC because they couldn't rep their sponsors anymore. Exactly. So I go, man, we would love to get Ryan to wear 8-man out to the, the Bellator cage. So we put that together um, with Ryan, and you know he started wearing our stuff. And then CB, super awesome guy. Like I didn't know that because if you watch anything with the UFC, you know about – those fighters what the ufc wants you to know they like almost create i don't want to say they create but they show you certain parts of these fighters in in lead-ups to fights that gives you a glimpse of their personality but they're almost creating i don't want to say a character but they're you know you have good guys and bad guys and guys you like and guys you yeah. don't like so i didn't know anything about cb but what they showed me on on you know pre-fight stuff the ultimate fighter he was on but the guy is like the best guy in the world he's helped us out tremendously for no reason started you know all of his friends that were fighters started saying hey you know this company eight man you want some of their gear started letting us you know meet these other fighters and we started sending gear out to other fighters in the ufc obviously with with ryan being in bellator and being the champion all the agents from bellator and the managers from bellator start hitting us up to like sponsor their fighter and this fighter and that fighter and so it just grew very quickly because of those guys and who they are as far as people and helping us and that's how we started going into um mma world and then started working with a podcast in mma it was really a radio show it's called knockout radio and 
started working with every guest that would come on that show. We would send them out gear. And then we started working with these weight cut specialists that are part of the UFC. Um, they're not part of the UFC, but they only do weight cuts for the UFC. And they have like 180 fighters, I want to say, that they do weight cuts for all during the year. Who's ever fighting on the cards. So that we started working with them and sponsoring their team. And just like powerlifting, you just start you know, working with the right people. And then I go out to these different events. I'm probably out one every month where I'm meeting the fighters, you know, you're behind the scenes with everybody. And, you know, once you strike up really relationships with all these people, it's just like any other business, you know, they like you, you like them. They want to wear your gear. You want to help them. It just, it just starts, you know, to work yeah. on its own kind of. So that, so that you pretty much answered my question because when you brought up the whole like Reebok thing, I was going to mm-hmm. ask you, how are you guys involved with uh, Cody, uh, um, grab ramp, but I realized that you worked with his weight cut team. Yeah, I worked with his weight cut team, and there's actually a few different UFC fighters that were. I, I don't know what the technical term would be that we sponsor, or help, or or partner partner with, maybe. Because to me, I go, yeah, they can't wear my stuff in the cage, but and they can't wear it on television. But you know what? We build a whole brand in powerlifting where there really is no television and no, you know what I mean? There's no. We built it based on social media and mm-hmm. events and small things. So some of these fighters that I like, I'm like, you know, we'll do something with you just to wear it to train with. Wear it yeah. on your social media. Wear it to, you know, other events that aren't UFC related. And we're happy with that. Right. So um, if you, you know, we're more, we're becoming, so if you've been with us from the start, you're still with us unless you've left us or something's gone bad, which is very Really, nothing's ever gone bad with us and an athlete. Maybe they've moved on or they've wanted to be their own clothing brands or something like this, and that's I'm happy for them. Like, go ahead and do that. We're still friends with almost everyone that we've ever sponsored, but we're becoming more selective in who we sponsor because I think like you can do you can have one business plan, which is I'm going to get everyone I can to wear my stuff and be an affiliate or a brand rep or ambassador, whatever you want to call it. And I'm going to, if you have a big social media following, you can be part of my brand and you can, I'll give you a promo or a discount code and you push it out to your followers. And I think people get caught up in like growing their social media that way, or let's get more and more people. But my mentality is I want it to feel like, and I want it to not only feel like to really be a reality that if you're sponsored by eight man, you're an elite athlete, you're one of the best in whatever field you're in. And that's who we're going to sponsor. And even if I only have five or six people in powerlifting and five or six fighters, I want them to be either world champions or right up there in the in the top two or three in their weight class or division. And I don't care if they even have a social media, to be honest with you, because I have a social media. I can promote what they're doing myself. It's more about the athlete and who they are and what they their level of competition is versus who or how big their following is. Well, and see, so speaking of social media, I actually I really like how you guys do the uh, the eight man rising. Yeah, like people that only have like maybe a couple thousand followers or even a couple hundred followers, but if they're wearing your stuff while lifting. Basically, yeah. what they do is they put together like a whole compilation video of everyone's videos and put it on, and they tag everyone. And because Eight Man has over a hundred thousand followers, that in turns looks good on them. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah. So what you know, obviously, we're built by you, like the average lifter or the average person out there in the gym. That's really our market, and that's really the people that we are trying to work with and trying to partner with. Except. You can't sponsor, you know, 20,000 lifters across the country. Right. So 
what we do is um, we have an audio video person here, Matt. It's part of our team. And Matt actually came to us because he was an 8-man fan and loved to wear 8-man. And he lives here locally. And he showed up here one day to buy shirts. And we met him and became friends with him. And he started coming here to lift a little bit. And now he does most of our video work, at least on those rising series here every day. He's a former Marine, did two tours in, um, in Iraq. And so he's part of our team now. But what he does once a week, we try to do at least once a week, he'll just search the hashtag 8ManStrong, which is our main hashtag. Yeah. And then he just randomly, and it's not even at all, I don't even think we, we've, we've never talked about looking at people's followers or who they are, even how much weight they're lifting. Right. If it's like a cool lift or they're super pumped up about it and the video and it's kind of like hyped up, we pick like five, six, seven random videos every week from that hashtag and we put together like you said a compilation of because that's really what eight man is that's who eight man is as, as great as and as awesome and as great of a guy as ryan bader is i mean the average guy in the gym that just got a pr on bench of 225 that's been grinding grinding it out for a year trying to get to that is just as relevant and important to our brand as ryan bader winning the light heavyweight world, world title you know what i mean right yeah at Absolutely. least in, internally it is. Now, to the world and to our marketing and everything else, obviously having a world champion that once he's on television is huge for us in growth. But as a company, that guy in the gym is just as important for us. So yeah. the rising is a big thing. The other thing that we started doing, because we started getting all these emails from people um, and direct messages about whatever challenger or tragedy or illness they've overcome in their life and how eight man has really helped them you know they've helped them mentally obviously that's all we really can do is help people mentally or emotionally so we hired a full-time um like editor writer a guy that i write all the quotes for our brand but i'm not a i'm not a trained in english writer from college you know what i mean i'm more of a free-flowing po poetic writer on those right. things so we hired a guy full-time, so you submit your stories through our website or through an email that we have on our website as well, and then this guy goes through them, um, and he will contact these people and kind of tell their story in a, in a more concise or, or more editorial way, and then we put that all on our website. So we have a whole page of people's stories on our website, too, um, to help and. Our big thing is helping inspire other people, right? That are in the middle of some terrible moment in their life that yeah. hopefully they don't quit, you know, or do well, something tragic. So, and, and I really like how it, it depends on like what month it is or, you know, it, it could just be a random thing. But I like how, like for, for instance, uh, October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Like, right. I like how you guys do every sale of that specific shirt. You put towards you know breast cancer research and that is actually uh to me that's near and dear to my heart because my grandmother she had it for 24 years before she passed wow I was like, I was like 12 years old when she passed away yeah wow. well, I had breast cancer uh two years ago also yeah and and also this this month how you're doing the um the toys for tots the deep roots the, the oh, yeah, this month. yeah I, I like that one as well but me personally my favorite one that you guys have done it as long as you've been doing it i'm not sure how long you've been doing it for but the breast cancer awareness month that one is very near and i even have a tattoo with the breast cancer ribbon with her initials okay. on, my, on my arm so it's like that anything what having to do with that you automatically got me as a fan just from that alone 
So <laughs> Yeah, that happened. So we do that every month. We've done it a little over a year now, I want to say. That happened when that storm hit, I think it was Houston. Yeah. And I think it was Luigi that said we should sell the Strong in the Storm shirt and donate the proceeds of that shirt to the Houston. I think we sent it to I forget what the storm relief fund was, but we sent it to the Houston storm relief for that month. And people really liked it. We, you know, they were excited about it and we liked it. It was nice to do that. So then we said, we should do this every month and we'll just pick a different charity or cause and we will send out to that cause. So the first one I think we did after that was breast cancer last year. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we did Alzheimer's because our, my, our grandparents died in the last couple of years from Alzheimer's, both our grandmother and our grandfather. Then I think we did Toys for Tots, but yeah, we've kept that going. So this is—it's been about a year now of of different causes, and we every month, like you said, we pick a different charity or cause, um, and we pick one of our shirts, whether it's a new release or just a new color scheme or something limited edition. We donate the proceeds of that shirt. It works out to like five dollars a shirt goes yeah. to that cause or charity at the end of the month, and then all year long with our Lifted campaign, which is one of our shirts. Um, we have donated those proceeds to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So that's been nice. a year-long charity. And then every month there's a second charity on top of that um, that we donate to. And really our next phase of that giving back is we've started all the paperwork and the um, the legal steps to start our own completely charitable foundation that we want to hopefully get kicked off in 2019 where we're doing our own charity work as part of our brand. So that'd be sick. That, that'd be the ultimate goal. I, I just feel like it's cool to do all these different charities for all these different causes. But to me, I, the letters that we get for people that are really attached to ape man, the majority of them is something happened to you in your life young or early that, either caused you pain or anger, whatever it did to you that kind of later on in life has manifested itself into wanting to lift weights or fight in a cage really. So my thinking, our, our, I think as a brand is if we can do this charitable work that helps young people out, you know, people maybe high school and under, and I don't even know what we don't even, we have all these thoughts on the board as to what it would be, but people that have been physically, mentally abused, bullied sexually abused a lot of letters that we get just people you know around where our building is and other people that are maybe economically underprivileged that affects your life later on so all these different causes we can start early in helping people um really find confidence for themselves and find some inspiration in something positive like a sport of weightlifting or boxing or fighting or something that they build themselves back up early Maybe it'll stop a lot of tragedies and things from happening when you're older, like drug abuse or suicide or who knows what crime, anything I guess you get yourself into because you had pain early in your life that now manifests itself into something negative later in life. We'd like to curve that as best we can. I don't know how that, just like building the brand of eight man, I don't know how that foundation will build, but that's really um, what we'd like to do. And I'm sure it'll, I'm sure we'll figure it out as we go. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, so that's a 2019 goal of ours is to um, get that up and going. That's where the kind of the causes are headed for us. It's, it's been awesome. We're probably, and even with that, if we have our own foundation, first we can raise money in a m- m- majority or a multitude of ways. 
But then we can also still do causes like these, but we can also have our own things going on, our own foundation causes going on. So I'm excited about that. Sounds like you got a busy 2019 ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's one thing. for, And then business-wise, we haven't really got into this, but everyone knows us for our T-shirts. Majority of what we do is our shirts and our meanings. But I feel like as a brand, I really we really want to develop a full brand. So we're really in the process with some of our factories of developing different shorts, different pants. I would like to do socks. I'd like to do, we're in the middle of doing underwear. Ooh. So you have a full I would offering. totally wear the underwear. Sorry to interrupt you. I would totally wear the underwear. I was going to say, I'm a big underwear guy. <laughs> I, I buy a new pack of underwear like every couple of weeks. My girlfriend hates it. I think that'd be cool though. I mean, I always thought like... That'd be awesome. I just look at our competition and I know there's all these other brands in powerlifting and there's all these other brands in MMA, but my mentality is always... My competition is is um, Reebok, Nike, you know what I mean, Adidas. Yeah. That's who I aspire to be, and that's what I want the brand to be. So if, if we're going to compete with those guys, you know, it's almost like David versus Goliath right now. But I have to have a full uh, product offering of apparel to be in their realm at all, right? Like I can't just be a t-shirt company. So right. that's the other part of 2019 is rounding out our offering of apparel to really cover all different – things socks underpants pants jackets lifestyle type stuff outside of the gym not too much of that we're still obviously in a you know a, a, a sport company but you get the idea yeah definitely um so. no there's a i have one shirt that i actually brought with me to thanksgiving this year it's the oh. um the last eight man classic the red t-shirt Mm, okay. I brought that with me out to uh, my family's ranch and my stepdad goes, he's like, dude, I looked on the website and I can't find that shirt anywhere. I was like, yeah, you're not going to. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the spotter and loader shirts. But in, oh, yeah. And totally sp- speaking of which, are you and your brother going to be going or coming out to the, um, the eight man classic this year and the U.S. Open? We always come to the U.S. Open. Okay. Um, just because we're the headline sponsor for that one. Plus, right. it's the biggest thing in powerlifting. And um, I know there's been some controversy with it this year, but for us, supporting the sport of powerlifting is what we're all about, right? Yeah. So to have the biggest meet with the biggest payoff for these people that dedicate their lives to the sport with really no money is important to us as a brand. So Yeah, and plus putting drama aside and everything like that. So Yeah, I mean, you know. And, and again, we're a brand about, if you know the back, I won't get into the whole story with the current open, but we're a brand about helping people overcome mistakes or things in their past. So you can't just bail on something that, you know, I don't know, we're, we're committed to being part of that, that meet for a variety of reasons. Well, but, see, Cause like I, I actually, I was, um, uh, well, a lot of us, cause we're still being coached right? and, um, all of us heard about it and we're like, damn, that's, that's kind of a heavy blow as far as like getting all that stripped from you just for a simple right. mistake. Now, granted it could have been taken a different way, but mm-hmm. as we all know her, that that's not her style. Uh, no. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's like, yeah, it's still the biggest payout in powerlifting, still the biggest competition other than I feel like, um, big dogs over in Australia. Right. Um, but here in the U S it's definitely the biggest powerlifting competition in the U S and, um, 
it's just like, and it's actually really cool that you guys are still going to be the headline sponsor for it. Even with all this crap put aside, you know, cause a lot of people were worried like, Oh crap is eight yeah. going to drop out. Yeah, we were not obviously. Um, I think you support <laughs> the, you support people that have supported you, even if they've made mistakes or there's a mistake there. The other thing is, we're a brand about toughness, right? Like we're a brand about being tough in life. Exactly. So if someone sends you a crappy email, which it was, be like, you know what? Screw you! I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna show you. You know what I mean? I'm gonna make it to that meet. So yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I see both sides and we try to stay away from controversies of brand with that whole thing. Like I get both sides of it. I do. I see yeah. like, I mean, I've had their internal conversations. That's what people don't understand is when that happens, the first person we reach out to is Gracie immediately me personally. Like what the hell's going on? Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? So yeah, we do take it seriously as a brand and we, we don't just willy nilly be like, Oh, it's all cool. Like we do have the conversations like what, ha- you know, I don't know. I don't want to get too deep into no. it, but <laughs> we do want to support powerlifting. It's the biggest need, and we're putting up $10,000 that goes straight to the lifters as a brand. So we're not going to back out of that and 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 hurt lifters that have trained all year for that need. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're, we're about the lifters themselves more than anything. So we're part of the Kern Open. Um, we have a couple of the – what's the classic? There's the winter classic and then yeah. the, I think the summer classic. Um yeah, cause those because those are the, those are basically taking place um, instead of the uh, the DCS pack um, yeah. classics that were happening. So yeah, so um, anything like we have our own meet here with the USAPL um, that we host. Any big meets that we can be part of, we're going to continue to be part of. Um, yeah, as much as we can as a brand, I just think it's like. We, we, we watch these we watch these old videos of the old powerlifting meets when there was really just there wasn't so many local leagues and so many local shows there was like one big national meet every year like Ed Coleman go win the meet every year but if you watch those old videos there was like a crowd there there was excitement it was like a big one big meet and I think that's to us what the current open kind of is trying to get back to or be um, I think it upset a lot of people with local meets and stuff they're not you know i think there's a lot of animosity towards that meet from other meets or other piloting organizations but i just think it's like important for the sport i mean the money payout there is crazy and and these lifters deserve it yeah right absolutely so uh, yeah we're happy to be part of that um just as a brand i just think it's it's an awesome meet so we will be there we're always there we film that meet i don't know um we didn't do we didn't do the classic last year because it was like two weeks after the open if you remember it was because we're in phoenix obviously so yeah it was too close back to back i'm not sure we probably will come out and film and do something at that winter classic there yeah because the, the winter one's in uh in february yeah so we'll probably be there for that too cool well you'll you'll see me i'll be the big bearded one making sure people don't die <laughs> <laughs> so you'll be one of those spotter loaders that you were telling me yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> yeah that's been cool um to be part of me to be able to do um limited edition shirts for for the spotter loaders something different for those guys that no one else has yeah um yeah we do get those questions like we get the question we'll get an email we'll, we'll get like 10 15 emails are you gonna sell the shirt from the current open are you gonna sell this shirt or that shirt like we get that because people want all the different eight man shirts but right. 
it's very difficult um, to keep everything stocked and everything, um, I guess, without. So we have, let me think, we have probably 1,700 SKUs of items here. If you look at every shirt design we have, it's in all these different sizes. Each one of those is a SKU. And then you have pants, you have shorts, you have belts, you have small items like hats and keychains and patches, and we have our bags and stickers. So 1,700 items that you're constantly trying to keep in stock, and it's just it's not possible. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, especially as you're growing in popularity, it's selling faster and faster month to month. So it's even hard to anticipate how many you're going to need of – Let's say that we print all the Powered by Raid shirts, right? Well, you have 20, 30, maybe 40 designs of shirts that are in addition to Powered by Raid. So you got to restock all of those here before that Power of Raid, Powered by Raid runs out, right? Yeah. Like you have yeah. this you have this process of restocking and, and keeping everything maintained. And it's just not, it's not feasible. But it's funny, like I'll get these, we'll get emails also, you know, oh, you're out of stock in everything in extra large. And I'll go to our warehouse, we have all these different items in extra large. It's like, we're not out of stock on everything in extra large, maybe the couple items you want. Right. And it could be something that we discontinued that we're never going to bring back in extra large. So you keep looking at the extra large, but meanwhile, we're just waiting to sell the last of three X's to take it off the site entirely. You know what I mean? It might not even be something we're restocking necessarily. Well, if, if if you're ever getting rid of any three X's, you can send them my way. There you go. Like I'm looking at a whole stack <laughs> right here. So I have a whole rack right here of three X's that we've um, discontinued, but we've never sold off the site because at some point, if you just only have a, like four X's on the site, you can't leave an item sitting on that site for three or four or five months because you get so many emails about you restocking the item from people that wear large or medium or extra well, large. Well, well, how about this? After the episode, I'll, I'll give you my address. You can just send yeah. it my way. I'll send you a box of these things because we're not going to do anything with them. We just give them to people that come by here that lift with us or you know, now and again – We'll just throw in extra shirts. I get that email too because maybe we have extra two X or never do we have extra uh, an extra set of larges or an extra set of extra larges. But bigger sizes we might have a few. Sometimes if someone orders three X, we'll just throw an extra shirt in there because we've taken out of the inventory on our site, but we still have them sitting here physically. So right. Sometimes you get a bonus shirt if you're a bigger guy. Well, I guess I need to start well, eating like right now. Yeah, see, see <laughs> I'm in that, you, you need to get on my level. Yeah, Michael. I'm in that average like, large size where every time I get something and it's sold out, it's always the smalls or the triple XLs are the yeah. only thing available. And I'm like, yeah. oh, dang it. I either need to starve myself or just start eating a ton. <laughs> see, I think our market's gotten bigger too because when we started off, um, large is obviously large and extra large are the biggest sellers and then mediums were probably third followed by 2x but it's reversed now 2x is we sell more 2x than mediums so i think you guys out there as we've grown as a brand you guys have grown in size maybe i, I don't know <laughs> homeboy i've always been big so <laughs> that's not changing anytime soon yeah so when we it was funny when we started i was like we're eight man strong. We're only going to sell extra large and above, right? That was like my first thought. And then I'm like, well, we got to do large. And then we were like, we started getting emails about mediums. So we did medium. Now we're doing smalls. Like we've expanded the lines. We've gotten more people interested and involved because the brand evolved from just a, being strong physically to being mentally and emotionally strong. Well, you can be a small and be super emotionally or mentally strong. So to me, like eight man strong doesn't really have a size anymore. Like it used to, I used to think of it as physical, but that's changed over the years. 
Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, Adam, thank you so yes. much for taking the time, man, to come in and talk to us. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. It's nice. Nice to talk about the brand and everything um, where it can be put out there for people to listen to. So I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. I, I said the same thing to JP, and I'll say it to you. I, I think that's incredible that uh, you guys take the time to help us, you know, especially a, a small podcast. I think that's really, really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we all start small. I mean, so hopefully it just grows and grows for you guys. It's been nice being on, so I appreciate well, it. Well, we'll definitely um, probably after the probably after the eight man classic. If you want to come back on, we'll definitely have you back on again. We'll talk a little bit more and shoot the shit. Yeah, sure. Anytime. Just let me know. I'm all ready right. to go. Sounds good. Awesome, man. Right, Thank guys. you for everything, man. Thanks, man. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Damn. We just keep getting the most supportive. I, I, I've never felt more motivated. I'm serious. I'm going to text him and be like, so this is my address. <laughs> and uh, I'm about to go and gorge myself. I'm going to start yeah, eating. Yeah, you need to put put some weight on. I need to start. I know. I was just thinking to myself, like, all right, cool. Like, they start running, get thinner, leaner. Now it's like, nah, forget that. I'm just Fuck start that. Eating. Eat everything. I'm going to have Thanksgiving. It's bulking. It's yeah. the winter time. Time to eat nothing but stuffing and... <laughs> Burritos. I got a burrito right here that's been staring at me for the last hour. I know. See, I only take two I, bites of, and then all of a sudden, Nick. So before the episode <laughs> start, Nick and Sabre come in. They go, "We got burritos, fantastic." I take two bites, and all of a sudden, Nick's like finishes his and goes, "We gotta go. We gotta call." And I'm like, "Well, because it was like two minutes to 11. I know. And I looked and I'm like, twelve over there, and I'm just staring at that burrito. So awesome. Well, that was a good one. That was super good. Uh, so don't forget to go to uh, Eight Man or Eight Man Strong. Yep. Um, definitely uh, look at their deep roots toys for tots. Yes. Yeah. They're, and they're always coming out with new designs. So, and it's really good stuff. I mean, the, sh- like I said, the DCS pack shirts that I have, mm-hmm. those are eight man shirts. Oh, I know. So they have the eight man logo and everything like that. So they're really comfortable, you know, and definitely, uh, support the deep roots December cause the toys for tots. Cause, and, oh, I thought, no, it's just that shirt. It's the Deep Roots one. I th- I thought it was the Deep Roots shirt. Yeah, Saber was dropping knowledge shirt. on us right now. I know. Saber's over here being quiet the whole damn yeah. time, and she's like, "No, you're wrong." But no, I. You know what? <laughs> December cost five dollars off. Oh, that's five dollars of every shirt. Oh, see, five dollars <laughs> of every. Every shirt sold will be donated to Toys for Tots. Oh, okay. Every so well, still, so every cost. shirt for this month. Guy get, yeah. get this tot some toys. <laughs> Be a part of it by getting yourself a shirt for Christmas, <laughs> but also giving a tot some toys. Oh my God. Why is no one ever doing the flip it? It's always get some toys for tots. I'm gonna get these tots some toys because it sounds better the other way. I know, but it's a tongue twister. I'm gonna I'm a rebel. I'm the one who got <laughs> with a, without a clue. Yeah, Buff Wee Wee is officially dead. Buff Wee Wee is dead. But the rebellion will come Buff back. Buff Wee Wee is dead. <laughs> Buff Wee Wee. Buff Wee Wee is dead. And of course, you can't forget to mention. Our sponsor. Our sponsor. After you get some eight-man gear and get some toys for tots. Damn, I was going to say it the other way, but I forgot. <laughs> uh, go your, go ahead and go over to warframeclothing.com and yep. get yourself a Power Comedy t-shirt. If you like our, sh- our shit, I almost said stuff, but I wanted to get a little more edgy. <laughs> if you like our shit, just, you know what? Use our code. You know what? I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to give you 20% off. He'll do it. I, I'm, I'm not that nice. Yeah. I'll give you t- <laughs> use, use code Power Comedy at checkout. Get 20% off. Our own Power Comedy comedy shirts yep yep uh Rep your favorite fitness podcast can we even <laughs> can we even say we're a fitness podcast 
Uh, I started telling people we're a fitness podcast, and then people I look mean, at me. They're kinda. like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yeah, man." Watching, and this? then they see me, and they're like, "All right, kind of makes sense." Well, I so <laughs> a little bit. You know what I started doing? So I'll be scrolling, I'll be hanging out with people, and I'll be scrolling through like some coworkers and stuff. I'm like, "Oh, this is the guy that I was telling you about. I do uh, the podcast with." They're like, "Who?" I'm like, "This guy right here." They're like, "That's the guy," and I'm like, "Yes, that's my co." host uh that's nick uh deadlifting a shit ton of weight so, <laughs> wait did you show him the video from yesterday is that what yeah. that was <laughs> who was it it was my i was at work oh it the, was the, it was five, the, bar- the t- 515 for three yeah yeah it was one of the bartenders and i'm like hey i'm like i've never shown you a video of my my co-host nick the guy i do the podcast with they're like no i'm like yeah here he is and they're like holy shit i'm like yeah no I'm, I'm i'm actually the smaller one in the uh in the podcast i think it might change i might stop saying fitness podcast when i just because i'll tell normal people too like oh yeah i do a podcast and all this stuff yeah. they ask me what i do about sort of work and then they're like oh what kind what is it i'm like oh you know it's like a fitness health podcast and they look at me they're like what hey hey you know what we're small but we're strong <laughs> So don't forget to smell the sauce and hop uh, on the platform. Oh my god! Today. Well, hey, it's either PC it doesn't Army sound the or same. Smell the sauce and step on the platform. Let's go back to PC Army. Yeah, let's go back to PC Army. My plan worked. <laughs> <laughs> the return of the PC Army. All right. Anyway, guys, have a good holiday. Yes, and um, so actually, I'm I'm gonna say right now because I'm actually excited about it. So December sixteenth. December sixteenth. We are gonna have. The one and only Mark Bell onto the podcast. Hell yeah. Who is the inventor of the slingshot. And anyone who doesn't know what that a- is. Anyone that doesn't know what that is, basically it's a huge bench accessory product that helps increase your bench. It basically it helps you overload. And he also made uh, or makes wrist wraps, knee sleeves, just more powerlifting stuff basically. But uh, he refers to himself as the meathead millionaire. We're so. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, we're pretty much moving up in life. So uh, make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Uh, again, December 16th. And um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got. Yeah, don't forget to subscribe and share. Yep. You bitches. <laughs> I don't feel like doing it right now. So. Okay, I did it for you. All right, guys. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. And Bye-bye. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.